common denominator. everybody it's december 12th we got a very special guest today a gentleman by the name of weston wells it's episode 95 and you're listening to the totally corrupt podcast let's get the captain in and get this party started here we go Captain speaking. Captain. Yes. What's happening, sir? We get ready to take off. I think we are already in flight. Perfect. Let the let the beverages serve the beverages. Let the beverages flow. Let bring out the alcohol. Well, if you're not drunk already, uh, <laughs> we'll be passing bottles around soon. I got off at five. Captain's always there. <laughs> right on, dude. Uh, so we got a special guest today. We do. Yeah. And other than my uh, good friend, Weston Wells. You've met Weston. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. A couple times. We've had some good times, had some bad times, all in the same night. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we won't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's a um, good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. I mean, it's kind of a convoluted, layered story. But he's one of my best friends. Like he's right up there with uh, with uh, you, there, buddy. But well, I'd be interested in his perspective on things, especially with him being a business owner and and have employees. And I wonder how this uh, inflation and this. Uh, uh, you know, everything is affecting him and his his employees. Yeah. Well, I mean, I worked up there a little bit, so I I had a, you know, a, I got a little taste of what's going on with uh, how he he owns a cabinet shop. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, millwork and trim and anything mm-hmm. that would be made out of wood, even wooden doors. Um, it's all custom, and it's like a dying industry woodworking in general is a dying breed so i wanted to learn so he gave me a job up there for a few months you know when they were busy and i learned you know Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff actually you know we have uh al who's on the podcast a couple times he's that's who i learned from was al he's the master woodworker up there and weston owns the place so you know Mm uh we've all seen what's going on from all angles but it's you know, with the COVID restrictions and, you know, businesses shutting down and job sites stopping and stuff like that, he's, you know, he can kind of help us out, with, at least to understand that from that side of it. Because we talk about, you know, retail, we talk about, you know, me being, you know, the st- things that I've done, but like mm-hmm. with the the music and getting laid off of that shit, but like... um. He should bring some insight on a lot of things, so it'd be kind of cool to just catch up with him. He's never been on the podcast either, and he's like, <laughs> you know, one of those OGs that should have been on, like, probably show, you know, the first five, you know, <laughs> but uh, 
Well, uh, let's get him on board before this plane gets off the tarmac. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if we can uh, patch him in here. Hello. Weston Wells. What's that? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, Weston. What's can, going on? Can you hear uh, me and Diggs all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Right. Perfect. Right Perfect. On. Right on, dude. I was just kind of saying that, like, you're long overdue on this podcast because all we talk about is bullshit fucking regulations, Trump, and basically the shit that you and I talk about anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just so, uh, I mean, no one knows you on the podcast, so why don't you just say a little 30 seconds about yourself and what you do? Uh, president of Standard Architectural Millwork. We do uh, mostly commercial casework and millwork in uh, you know around the Seattle around the Seattle area, anywhere in Washington really. And um, mostly uh, when I say commercial, like institutional um, lobby lobby reception areas, uh, high end woodwork, and kind of any commercial setting that you can think of. So you, so you can keep pretty busy. We are very busy right now. There's a, Good. a lot of a lot of businesses like ours have shut down during the pandemic and haven't opened back up because our industry, most of the people who own businesses in our industry are pretty old, so they decided to forget about it. <laughs> I mean, it's gotcha. I mean, really, like COVID affected you. What, like all of three weeks, maybe. Like, I mean, it's always affecting you, but, like, you had to shut down, didn't you? Well, yeah, I shut down for a week. Um, I mean, I probably should have been shut down longer based on the way that the, you know, local and city state officials were, were talking. But um, I decided to open back up after a week, and if I was going to get shut down, someone could can shut me down. Right, and you pretty much been open the whole time ever since right yeah we've been open the whole time um other than that one week and uh you know we've had to deal with covid on job sites and stuff like that but we've only we've only had one person test positive in our shop Mm -hmm. and that's actually really recent he tested positive in the last couple weeks that's crazy yeah, he uh, he he decided not to get vaccinated, and none of no one in his family is vaccinated. So his wife got it, and then his son got it, and then uh, he still hasn't gotten it yet. But he's still he's out until the state health department says he can come back to work because they got involved because because uh, of his kids. Gaia. Oh wow. Gaia. But for the most part, your your employees, your staff, everything's going pretty smooth, pretty healthy. Um, I mean, we're, we're busy, but it, you know, COVID's been a struggle. I mean, getting good guys on your staff has been a hard thing to do. And you know, we did get a we did get two rounds of the PPP, and if we didn't get that, we would have been we would have been out of business. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of businesses had to had a lot of businesses jumped on the the wagon real quick to to get that that extra help. 
Yeah, it definitely. I mean, it definitely helped us. I mean, we kept we kept guys employed employed thanks to it. I mean, you know, we didn't we didn't lay people off the way the night you know, in hindsight I probably should have, but um, mm-hmm. we kept guys we kept guys going and in hopes that we were gonna cultivate you know good future employees. But we also had a a minor mutiny about a year ago, which uh, ended all that all that idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we had a couple of guys that thought they were more important in the business and tried to quit in the middle of a job and do their best to screw us, but we ended up completing the job just fine. They they quit because they thought that we weren't doing good enough quality. And I'm like, well, that's weird because people buy fire quality. But well, you don't want guys like that on your team anyway. No, no. I mean, it ended up being a gift. They quit, and you know. We didn't have to pay sure. employment, so it worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, uh, one thing about, like, one thing you may not know about Weston is that he took over this business. This is his family's business and took over it, mm-hmm. I think, five years ago. I mean, even though he's been immersed in the woodworking industry his whole life, running it, you know, is a different thing. So to go from basically entry level to basically working with high-level contractors on projects in downtown Seattle every day, you know, that's that's a lot of experience really fast. So, like, I'm impressed. I'm sure there's a lot I'm, of good to I'm impressed with, the, with you know, uh, you know, getting around a learning curve. So, like, what do you think the hardest thing was to get from in the past five years? What do you think, like, some of the biggest challenges were to get to today? Um... I'd say the biggest challenge was dealing with the employees that worked for my dad. Um, mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, right now I only have one left that worked for my dad. Um, they've, they've all, none of them got fired except for one. Uh, one did get fired due to uh, a lot of attendance issues, but the rest quit. Um, I know when I first started up there, I asked all the guys that worked there, said none of them since I was, most of them since I was 16. I've known them for over 20 years, <laughs> and um, they—I uh, asked and told them all what I was trying to do to keep the business going, and <laughs> asked if they'd uh, they'd help me. And uh, you know, they all said they would. And two years later, my shop foreman quit. <laughs> uh, right after we got a $600,000 casework job, cabinetry and casework job for Webster School, then a dollar. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the hardest part was dealing with, you know, the the mentality of these guys that think they know how to run a business better than I do. You know, they they looked at me as this kid that that took it over because his dad passed away, which you know essentially was true. But that's all they saw. They didn't, you know, they didn't see what I was trying to do and the changes I was trying to make in order to move the company into the, you know into today's age. I mean, back when my dad ran the company in the 90s, I mean, you'd have 20 guys in the shop and they'd all have specialties and they'd, they'd be specialized in what they did. And if you don't do that today. I mean, you have machines that specialize. And, you know, other than that, you have guys that put the put these things together after the special, specialties are done. Um, so the, the, 
the knowledge, the level of knowledge that's needed in the shop now is much lower than it was 20 years ago, thanks to machinery. I mean, yeah. I but mean, with the but with the machinery, you see, still keep the quality up, if not as good, if almost even better, because it's, it's precision. It's perfect. Yeah, it's precision. It's it's yeah. I mean, it definitely. I mean, the the thing is, is you reduce the when I say the, the amount of man, like knowledge that you need. I mean, you still need the, that same amount of knowledge, but you need it with less people. You need you need four people mm-hmm. to have the knowledge, and then you can have five or ten people that just kind of do what's necessary to, you know, put the stuff together. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no precision needed in that point. It's just, hey, it's almost like putting puzzle pieces together. It's like an Ikea, Ikea furniture, but way, you know, way more high-end as far as mm-hmm. it, it turns out. If That's some, totally cool. If someone was yeah. to say to you, hey, Weston, what would be a project I would know of that maybe you worked on? Um, well, I mean, that I worked on, I mean, that the companies worked on, they totally different things. The, everybody would know, everybody would know Safeco Field or T-Mobile Park. That was something my dad did. We did the team walkers down there. Um, you know, that was back when it opened. And then as far as more recently, as far as projects people would know, I mean, you know, Webster Elementary isn't like a vastly known, but if people live in Ballard, they probably know know of it. Um, you know, as far as other major projects, you know, we do a lot of amenity spaces in downtown Seattle. I'd say one of the projects I'm most proud of, I mean, a couple of projects I'm most proud of, we worked on Muckleteal Ferry, uh, the terminal there, and uh, did, did the finishes, the wood finishes in there. And we also did a, a, a reception desk called the uh, at the building called the Emerald, and um, that's not probably well known unless you obviously unless you live there. But it's a really high end condo uh, condo building down in Seattle, and we did the reception desk, which was all made of stone, and we made the framing out of uh, acrylic. Um, there was no mechanical fasteners throughout the whole entire. Reception desk. Everything was done with uh, with the resin glue that fused the the acrylic together. Um, and then beyond that, uh, the stone was all glued together. Beyond that, but our structure kept it all together. It's fucking badass. I I helped install it, and it fucking glows. They put a light on the inside of it, so it looks like this huge rock desk that just fucking glows. And you can see it from outside on the street at night. I mean, it's it's really cool. It's like on Second and something downtown, like uh, just above Belltown and between Belltown and Pioneer Square somewhere. Um, Emerald. I don't know. We've also done a lot of work down at Harvey Medical Center. I mean, it's not like people would. And you know, the woodwork that we did down there, you won't see unless you're injured or you work down there. So, <laughs> Medical uh, cabinets, yeah. <laughs> unless you get yeah, shot downtown. I mean, yeah, we did we did macerator cabinets. I mean, there's, there's some gross stuff that goes in one of those. So it's not a uh, it's not something that anybody would really admire when they're when they're at the building. But it was uh, it was still work that we did. Speaking of getting shot, what do you think of the Rittenhouse Rittenhouse case? Um, I mean, as far as Rittenhouse case goes, I'm I'm glad that it, it ended up the way that it did. And, uh, the hysteria around the media and everything already had him convicted before it started, and I'm glad that the the 
jury was able to decide the way that it should have been. I mean, it was, the evidence was overwhelming that he defended himself. And I was, I was definitely afraid, you know, I was concerned when media coverage, you know, towards the end of the trial was coming out that that verdict, you know, that he was going to be found guilty in some way, which would have been really unfortunate for our country because, um, had he been found guilty, you know, self-defense would have gone out the window. You wouldn't have that in this country anymore. Completely gone. Completely gone. Now, talking about self-defense, you're obviously a gun owner. Yes, I am. I, I own several. I, I'm like a steel weapons uh, hold, you know, license holder, and I, and I own several <laughs> several guns. I just started my truck on that. I got my concealed this year and got my uh, first uh, Walther. I got a nice little Walther CDP. But now, but the funny thing with guns is it's like golf. Once you get one, you want to get a couple more. Damn right. <laughs> get a bunch to go with it. Well, yeah, you know, you got you got a you know one on your right hip, one around your ankle, something around your shoulder, and yeah, I mean, no, but I mean, you get into it, you're actually you know learning how to shoot, learning how to actually properly control a weapon. I mean, well, and the thing and the thing is, is there you know there's something to be said about that too, because it's like you know it's a sport and it's not treated like that enough, and mm-mm. that's the that's the big issue. For me, is, is that it's not treated. You know, there's a lot of responsible people out there that that own guns, and you know, we have more guns in this country than people. Yet, you know, there's not, you know, shootings left and right. You don't walk outside your your door worried about getting shot. Um, you know, the way the media might portray it. Um, I mean, I guess I guess the only you're only afraid of getting shot on a daily basis if you're black, but that's, um, I don't want to be too. Yeah, you're getting be too racy Maybe this, you're right? getting hunted. <laughs> You can say whatever yeah, you can exactly. say. You can, well, you can say whatever you want on this podcast, dude. You're just talking. Know, you're just talking as, to us. But as far as LeBron James goes, I mean, yeah, you're getting hunted every second walk out the door. So. Yeah. Too bad he can't do somebody get somebody else to make his shoes rather than slave labor. He doesn't talk about. Oh yeah, no. You, you don't talk about the Uyghurs that are you know forced to make How, shoes. How good. Is talking about NBA. I haven't had a reason to watch the NBA until this kid came around and just got his citizenship a couple days ago, and he changed his name to Cantor Freedom. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. You didn't hear about that guy? No, I haven't. I I, I so I so infrequently watch NBA. I mean, I hate. I can't stand it. So I I really can't. But I've been following him because he's got a lot of attention. This guy, he's wearing shoes that are basically safe, free, you know, like free, free, uh, free Hong Kong, free this, free that. You know, he's he's got shoes that he's, he's going to wear. For, out the NBA and, uh, is he the one that's calling out the NBA and LeBron then for totally calling him out? I've seen, totally. I've seen and, okay. Yeah. So it's that guy, and they told him they go, hey, and he's like. I just got my American citizenship. I'm a, I'm an American, and one of the first things I read was the First Amendment. What, what what am I doing that I'm not supposed to do? And they're like, well, we would just ask you not to do it. And he goes, well, too bad. I'm doing it. If you're going to find me, find me. And the nice thing is a lot of guys around the league were kind of quiet, but he's been getting some personal phone calls and locker room talk from other people that are like, hey, appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you standing up and stuff for, you know, because a lot of those guys in the NBA, they're going after the money rather than the principle or the uh, morality of what they're doing. 
No. I mean, most most athletes aren't, aren't very principled. It's the money that they're going after. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm on I'm on the same boat with you. I've really seriously stopped watching sports in the last four years just because of all this kneeling. It's, it's like, dude, you're making millions of money. What the fuck? Well, you know, there's ways, there's ways to get there. I mean, they have millions of dollars. Get your political message across. I mean, donate to a political campaign if you really work about it. I don't, I don't understand. I feel like you're going to get a lot more done. If you get, you know, I mean, shoot, shoot, look at look at the leftist crazies that have gotten certain people into office. They've done they've done a fantastic job in the last couple of years, really screwing up our country. These, yeah, these no shit. Do a lot better job just doing that. I mean, like, it's just, I mean, like the Sawan, cool. the, the, the that made it in, and like the fucking crazy AOCs that are in, you know, the whole squad. <laughs> well, it's not. It's only that. It's these prosecutors. That's the worst part about it. Prosecutors around the country—they're the ones truly ruining our whole fucking country. I mean, they, they get to sit there and decide which laws they actually enforce. <laughs> totally. Who knew that all of a sudden you could have one guy decide whether or not we're going to enforce these laws? Yet we, you know, the whole country is set up as legislatures with legislatures mm-hmm. to, to decide this for us. It's insane. Glow back. Majority of those. Little background, little background on Westy, just so you know a little bit more about him. Does have a political science degree, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, has a special friend too. Majority of those DAs that were were hired, those majority of them got a hell of a lot of money from Soros. Who's... Exactly. No, that's that's exactly true. I mean, my my fiance works down in Los Angeles, and she was. She works for Gaston, one of the worst of the country, and she's, you know, it's the guy just doesn't enforce laws. Talks about, I mean, I think just just as recently as two weeks ago, he called the sheriff of uh, L.A. County a pig. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? It's just like, yeah. No, he he said he said, he said my father told me never wrestle with a pig. Yeah, he he acted like he was not calling him a pig, but I mean, there's plenty of other ways to say don't wrestle with a pig and you'll get dirty. I mean, there's other ways, there's other things he could have said, but he chose that one on purpose. Yeah, I yeah. I remember remember during the election, you were talking about this guy Gaston or whatever his name in, like way before. I mean, this guy's way left, right? Yeah. Way left, he's totally I mean, he's, he's Soros bot. I mean, he's a Soros insert, and uh, essentially, you know, the he beat out um, the last DA uh, just barely. I mean, it, it's funny, LA County. There's only I think a quarter million people voted in this in this election, <laughs> and, and somehow he now he has so much power, and there's way more than a quarter million people in that in that uh, county. Oh yeah. I mean, it's more like 24 million in L.A. County. There's a lot of fucking well, people. Well, people that don't, I mean, people aren't paying attention. And, you know, you have George Soros paid, you know, got the right ads in the right places and got him in just barely. I mean, he, he won by a couple percentage points. And the climate's charged just the right way. Well, yeah. I mean, you have... Uh, or it was. The whole country's been primed. I mean, it's... It's one of those things where you have guys like that, I and mean, he's the he's the woke warrior, the white woke warrior coming in to save all the black people in in L.A. Exactly, that's, that's how he builds himself. It's 
It's insane. Well, you have to do yeah, that. You even have to though do crime is, even though crime is rape, murders have gone skyrocket. And yep. some places are saying, well, crime rates haven't gone up. Well, the reason why they're not going as up as much is because I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people that literally stop calling the cops every time their garage got broken into or their businesses got broken into because the cops aren't going to do anything about it anyway. They can't. Their hands are tied. That's, you know? that's only part That's only part of it, Danny. I mean, you have, you, you have prosecutors that are, have their hands tied that can't even prosecute these things. I mean, one of one of the, one of the things that Gaston said is you can't prosecute um, any sort of uh, escalation. So if if a person has a gun and they're a gang member, oh, they don't they don't get any extra charges. That doesn't matter. I mean, these guys don't these guys aren't even getting charged for anything at this point. They're, there's a reason why you have these smash and grabs and you have all these other things going on and robberies. I mean, they know they can steal nine hundred ninety nine dollars worth of stuff. Get arrested and get out that day. It's, oh yeah, they've walked in my store. I literally, we know certain people. We we you know you can tell when certain people come into a shopping place and they have no business being there. You know they're no yeah. they're not a golfer. They're or they're you know they go into Nordstroms and they look like they just got out of the Goodwill or whatever. And I'm not trying to down. I'm not trying to like get on people for their dressing attire but everybody gets stereotyped when anybody walks into the store hey do they want help do they not want help are they just window shopping they're picking up something for their husband whatever it is and then you see this guy come in and all the time they're on their phone they act like they're on the phone they don't want to talk to you they don't want you to see them they don't want you to even talk they want you to leave them alone so they can do their own thing they don't want you to pay attention yeah that's what it is yeah and so the only thing we do in our store is as soon as that comes in, you get a little line six. That means all the employees come up to the front and follow these guys around until they feel uncomfortable and leave. And then the first thing we do is we call up the, the stores that I know that they would hit next and let them know. Hey, we got some guys doing, doing some casing, and they'll do the same thing for us. And it's, it's sad, but it's, we have to do our own little kind of uh, detective work because we don't have any real, anybody really doing detective work for us. Well, you can't call the police. I mean, you're, you're down in Tacoma, right? Or you're going, you, 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 you can call the police. In fact, the police come in our shop all the time. I get a lot of off-duty cops. And... They actually do come when you call them. It's not like Seattle. They'll, they'll <laughs> swing right. in there, but they tell you, they'll swing in there, but they'll tell you there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Like literally, even if they catch a guy or if a guy's running out the store with clubs, which happened, <laughs> which happened as soon as they get in the car and take off, if they come up to you and they say, well, who is it? And they're like, well, it's in that car and they're driving out. They're like, well, we didn't see him steal it. So we can't pursue him. Um, well, that's totally different. Uh, that's totally different about Vernon. I'll tell you that. Right. I was just, right. I was just going to say, it makes a difference where you live. Like tell the story about your business that just happened like a year ago. Like I was in the car with you and we're like, what? <laughs> which one? About the Mount Vernon police catching uh, the perp in progress at your business, trying to break oh. in. Well, that's happened a couple. That's happened a couple of times. I mean, and just as recently as the last, you know, three or four months, we had uh, we had somebody break in, and um, you know they they got into our facility. Luckily, we have an alarm company, and um, they called me. I got a call. I think it was about uh, 
I don't know, four in the morning. It was before anybody was there. I was, I was getting up, getting ready for work. And I got a call from our alarm company. I said, no one should be there right now. They asked if anybody should be there. And I said, no, no one should be there. You should send the police. And, and luckily they, they, they responded within five minutes, caught the, caught the woman who broke in. She, uh, she'd already had a bag filled with stuff that was her personal bag. And then she had two tool bags of mine filled up with, with tools. And, um, she'd already zipped up her bag and so they, uh, they wanted to search her bag, but they couldn't cause it's quote unquote her bag. So they got a warrant for that. Um, all the tools that she would have taken was about, you know, $2,000 in total. She ended up, you know, getting into her bag about a thousand dollars of the tools and we were, able, we were able to get them back about a week later. And then, uh, this is another one that was really funny. It was in the middle of the day, some guy was eating lunch on our, um, it was our heating vent. It was our out, outdoor heating vent for, uh, you know, the heating unit that heated our office. And he was sitting there eating salsa and something else. And uh, he was right outside our shop door. And I, I looked at my foreman, me and him were having a conversation. He said, you see us having a meal? And my foreman went and asked him, he, he was really nice. He said, hey, you know, we'd really appreciate it if you didn't, you didn't eat here. Well, the guy got pissed that anybody even talked to him, turned over his salsa, poured it all the way, poured, poured it all into our, uh, our heating vent to try and damage it. And then uh, our foreman was about to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Is this Larry? Almost, almost, yeah, Larry. Oh Larry my almost God. jacked him. And I, and I had to scream at Larry. I said, no, don't do it, because I didn't want him to get an assault charge. Oh, my so God. So I, I screamed at him and told him not to do it. The guy the guy got so scared, he started backing off. Larry was about to take a swing. I screamed at him. And then the guy threw a, a one-pound cube of butter at Larry's chest. No way! <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever. Now, just to give you, just to give everybody a visual, Larry is like what six four and about two fifty. I mean, he's a fucking linebacker. Oh, he was. Yeah, he's a former. I mean, he's career military. He, the guy is huge. Yeah, I would. And, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Threw, be, I wouldn't be throwing a fucking stick of anything at that guy. Oh no, he got assaulted by a pound of butter. That's funny. <laughs> we actually called I called the cops. The guy ran away. I called the cops. Me and Colby followed the guy. He started running through the neighborhood through people's houses. Cops responded in minutes and uh, you know, about five minutes later he was caught down he was in downtown in Mount Vernon and they caught him. Good. And uh, we were able to press charges for uh for vandalism and uh and assault. That's fucking awesome, and you, and you know what? Uh, I remember we were talking about it. I remember we drove over to the shop together, and we're like, "Let's." He's, I'm gonna go get him a thing of donuts. So we went and got the cops donuts yeah. and tried to give him donuts, and just to say thank you for fucking responding for one, because this was like in 2020, like after the riots well, the one happened. That you were part of was like that was about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was like was September, September, October, and it's like what the fuck? Like we just got done with riots and. Everything in Seattle. Well, we, got, we got lucky on that one too, because he was trying to break in through some of our ducting, and our ducting isn't enough, isn't isn't secure enough to support the weight of a human. And he tried to crawl in, and luckily he got caught before he crawled in, because he would have been impaled if he crawled in. We we probably would have been sued for his stupidity. That's fucking crazy. I mean, 
That's the one thing about being a business owner is that if you don't got insurance, the liability of someone doing some dumb shit and then hurting themselves, like, hey, the robber that fell through the skylight and impales himself and dies, who's responsible for yep. that? You know, it happened on your property. Well, and, you know, going to insurance, their biggest problem with insurance that everybody doesn't seem to understand nowadays is that uh, insurance doesn't cover rioting or looting. Nothing. Really? At all. No, not at all. Not a penny. Well, I didn't know That's that. Why you had so many people defending their defending their businesses with their lives because they realized they weren't going to get a penny for it. That's right, because like uh, Rittenhouse, like he was defending a car lot. You know, I mean, you're talking about like forty forty thousand dollar cars, and his bosses were like Indian dudes. Like, well, they they had they just had a lot burned down the day before. <laughs> That's fucking insane. So when you start yeah. listening to like what led up to this moment with Rittenhouse, you know, I mean, every time this kid shot, he was in a submissive position, falling over on the ground already, gun pointed in his face, mob chasing him, attacked with a skateboard, everything, right? You know, like if that case would have went the other way, dude. <laughs> They sent the National Guard, 500 fucking people in there because they thought there was going to be riots. Well, what if it went the other way? Yeah. Well, had it gone the other way, there probably would have been. I mean, the good old boys would have came from the woodwork for that one. Yeah. But on the I mean, flip... It would have been a scary deal because if you can't defend... I mean, the thing is, is that's one of our most basic rights, being able to defend your own life. If you can't defend your own life, what are you doing? I mean, you want no to... kidding, yeah. And in fact, not only am I defending my own life, I legally own a gun, and the government knows I have a gun. This guy who's got a legal gun that's shooting at me, what the fuck? It's like, yeah. you know, I mean... Well, I, the funny mm, part was, is that, you know, going back to Rittenhouse, I mean, everyone sat there and bitched about Rittenhouse having a gun in that situation. I mean, no, no... No, under, no understanding or acknowledgement of the fact that the, one of the guys that, that tried to shoot him illegally possessed his gun. I mean, he, he shouldn't even have had it. Oh, and the guy's a gay guy that got his arm vaporized. Yeah, that guy. He shouldn't have had his. He shouldn't have had possession of his gun because his uh, concealed weapons license was expired. And I think he had he had some reason not to have a gun in, in addition to that for some sort of. Path well, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody Kyle shot was either a child pedophile or had a felony on the record. Every single one he shot was that. Even they identified jump kick man. They, you know, well, yeah, was, they didn't. The reason he wasn't identified was because he was going to investigation for another case. Oh, shit. Yeah, Are you serious? That's the reason? The prosecution, didn't want the, def the prosecution didn't want the defense to even have a chance of questioning him. No. Nope. They, the reason they didn't uh, identify him because he was able to enact his Fifth Amendment rights because he was still defending against another case. And then, mm -hmm. and then the prosecution had the audacity to accuse Rittenhouse of using his Fifth Amendment rights and saying that made him look guilty. Huh. Fuck, weird. Fucking weird. <laughs> like, I mean... No, and they say that a lot. They're saying that a lot, too, especially with, like, the... Uh, the uh, January 6th committee right now, some of the people were fighting that. 
they're saying, I'm not going to go. I'm not, I'm using, I'm using my right to be silent. And they're like, well, that, if you do that, you're basically saying you're guilty. And it's like, no, I'm not yeah, bowing a, down to your bullshit. There was a senator that tried to say that. It was, uh, it was about Meadows. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was trying to say that the fact that he's trying to enact his Fifth Amendment rights proves that he's guilty. And it's like, that's that's literally the foundation of our legal system. And if you take that away, our legal system collapses. You're 100%. No one should be forced to self and No one should be forced to self-incriminate, ever. That's mm-hmm. That's the beauty of our system. It really is. I mean, if you don't have the Second Amendment, you know, you need kind of need that to defend the other ones. Am I wrong or am I right? Well, exactly. Exactly. Well, majority of majority of lawyers would tell their clients if they're in if they're the defense, it, they would tell them for the most part, don't get on the stand. Let's and go one one. Any defense lawyer that doesn't tell you that should be fired and yeah. should be a mistrial. Kyle wanted, that's how basic it is. Kyle wanted to get on the, the stand. He wanted to, he wanted to get on the stand because he wanted to talk about his innocence. He wanted to clear his name. And, yeah, and it it worked there, but it really didn't work too well for uh, Mr. Ducey Smollett with his fake hate crime hoax when he got on the <laughs> It's tough when you don't have the truth behind you. I mean, it's, you know, when you're really trying to develop, <laughs> develop truth in the courtroom, it makes it really hard. Especially when you got a paper trail of checks going to the guys that you hired to uh, fake hate crime you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, if you, if I, you... I can't wait till Don Lemon gets fired because, I mean, he probably won't. I mean, he's got to do about a laundry list of things. So well, he's got that fact. fired a year before. He's got that sexual case going against him right now with that bartender from uh from uh what's that? What's the, him. They're backing him up. They're not. They they weren't even going to suspend Cuomo. Well, yeah, they but they finally they finally did the Cuomo thing because of the because uh, of his brother. I mean, they How? they they had evidence of his brother helping his brother's uh, case for months. I don't know why oh, they all of a sudden. I don't know why all of a sudden they got rid of him. Keep backing them up. Yeah, no shit. Well, they, they didn't get rid of Tubin, who pleasured himself on a Zoom meeting with all of his coworkers. Well, and, they, that's, and that's the thing is when you start looking at those sorts of things, like how how like Cuomo really didn't do anything that bad. I mean, the, the ultimate thing he got fired for was backing up his brother and helping his brother with the resources that he had. I mean, any brother or family member would do that for their family. I mean. Yeah, but it's how he used his connections in order to try to in, intimidate and influence the people that were trying to. He was trying to get dirt on the people that were I agree. accusing I agree his brother. The shit, but I, I think it's amazing that that was the line that CNN drew. Like, oh, okay, that's too much. Yeah, there was because a conflict of interest done so the whole many time. Things that were ridiculous. I mean, he lied. He lied. He lied about even having doing his quarantine thing in the basement. I mean. He wasn't under quarantine for months, like you said. No, he wasn't. He, he, he was checking out his property. Going outside, he was. There was yeah. videos of him going outside without a mask on while he had COVID. <laughs> he, 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 oh God! I mean, it's just hypocritical about how they are yelling at people and yelling at old people while while he's working out. <laughs> exactly. Starting fights. No. What? A, what? A, what? A, or Fredo. What a douchebag. 
Poor Fredo. I'm glad he's gone. You know what? Fucking one goes down, the other's got to go down. I always thought it was a conflict of well, interest from the beginning. The worst How part could... about it, did you guys, did you guys hear about Chris, Chris Wallace today? What happened? Yeah, he's going to CNN. Yeah. He he should. Twenty eight was it? Twenty eight. That's why they fired him. I mean, he should go to they CNN. They got the ratings whore in, in Chris Wallace. Why do they need Chris Cuomo? They got yeah, Wallace. but Chris Chris Wallace ain't gonna officially start over at CNN until twenty twenty two because he's basically doing their uh, CNN crime. Yeah. Yeah, so it's gonna be more of an online thing, but. Yeah, they're obviously switching their stuff up, but they're going to have to replace he's most the, of their he's stuff. going to be the reason that anybody subscribes to Prime, though. They're, they're CNN Plus. Talk yeah, about controversy. What? To talk about controversy. I mean... With who? Wallace? Wallace. He was the fucking guy who, you know, basically was the moderator at the, you know, the debates. First round of the debates. He was very critical of Trump. He's also coming from a, you know, conservative, more conservative station. So it's like, okay, to me, getting rid of Cuomo and putting him in, even though I don't like Chris Wallace, I think he's, you know, kind of a, I don't know, snotty, but like, he's not, he's he's not, not Chris Cuomo. He's not Chris Cuomo. He's like, that's a win for Republicans, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't, you're, you're right. Chris Wallace isn't a conservative. He's an excellent reporter. He's right. An absolutely amazing reporter. Yes. The guy is totally dead center. He'll call out everybody no matter what on their bullshit. I have an, I have an immense amount of respect for Chris Wallace. I do too, because he's, you know, he, you're right. He calls it how it is, but. You know, on Fox, you know, I was glad when he called Trump out when he did, because there's plenty of times Trump needed to be called out. He's the only guy. He's the only guy on Fox that would say anything uh, critical. Yep. And the funny thing is, is like, I couldn't believe that that's who they said was okay to be the moderator. But then I guess I guess he's okay because he kind of represents both sides. So fucking let it be fair. Fox News, Chris Wallace. You know, I mean, he was like, Mr. President, <laughs> like, all yeah. the well, I mean, and to be, I mean, if you watch those debates, there was times that, I mean, Trump, Trump purposely was doing what he did in those debates to, to create, you know, the most drama create a situation where he talks the most. I mean, he wanted, he wanted to be the guy that talks the most. That was, it was all trend. part of the plan. And, you know, it worked. I mean, it got him, it got, it got Biden. Uh, off center and you know off balance. Who would? Yeah. How do you how do you fucking debate Trump? It's like debating, you know, a seventy two year old like sometimes child. Like he'll go as low as a child oh, yeah. and, as, and as intellectual <laughs> as like the smartest person in the world. <laughs> like back and forth. Yeah. So how do you how you combat Biden, that? Biden found the best way to debate Trump was staying as. His basement yeah. for fucking four months. Don't until, don't enough, fight at all. Enough dead people in, in, until enough dead people voted for him. Well, and the reality is, he just didn't even he didn't even vote. He, I mean, he didn't even really debate Trump. I mean, he, he had his own debate each time he did. He had the three, I mean, there was the three debates, but you know that was that was the strategy for Biden was to keep him away from the press. I mean, it's still the strategy. I mean, how how often does he do a freaking press conference? It's even. I, mean, I, I think he's done. He's done less than I know. He's done less than you can count on your hand, you know, in in his whole presidency. And he's been in there for over, you know, almost a year at this point. So, 
I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out if anybody that's a Democrat can actually name anything positive that Biden has done for us since he's taken office. Uh, I'll, tell think, one. I'll, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. If you talk to a true, if we talk to a true liberal, they'd say, "Well, he stopped, he stopped uh, separating families at the border." Isn't that a wonderful yeah. thing? No, I'll yeah, tell you what he's Trump, done. The, 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 remaining, the remaining in Mexico policy just got reinstated by a I know, court. Which is fantastic. I mean, it's number, great, yeah. Number one, number one thing Biden's done for America is kept fucking lid on Kalama Harris or Kamala Harris, or however you say her name. She doesn't. Yeah. She talks even yeah, less man. than him. She is more unlikable than any vice president in American history. Yeah. It's funny. You almost didn't think you could find somebody more hated than somebody like Hillary. But then then Kamala came along and showed us somebody that that everybody could hate even more. Seriously, she's She's the border czar and she's never been to the border. Yeah. (laughs) And when she did go to the border, she went to the the one part of the border that has no problems and said, everything looks fine here. I just can't can't stand how condescending she is how condescending she is she gets called out on something specific and then she'll just laugh at you in a condescending manner and not even answer the fucking question talk about condescending how upset were you when right off the bat when kyle rittenhouse uh even before he was arrested or anything as soon as that case hit the spotlight biden harris all of them all of them said this is uh, un, unimaginable, can't believe he did this, and yeah, da 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 da. And then they the, all but called him a white supremacist. I mean, other oh. than those exact words, they 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 did all of that. <laughs> like, it's just, and, it was amazing. And then on the other hand, with the Jesse Smollett, they told her about Jesse, and they said if if anybody even doesn't think this is a hate crime, that's hate. And it's like, yep. well, well, time out. Like the the he just got convicted of faking a crime or so are you guys going to say sorry are you going to address is it going to be like a retract like cnn would do or newspaper would do they do a retract but put it on page 17 i mean at least do a retract and say hey we fucked up kyle's free the, the court system worked well hey yep. we fucked up on jesse smollett too we we we, we well, thought he was a good guy but you know? Well, Kamala Harris doesn't think that. Uh, I mean, there's no apology from Kamala Harris. As she heard about Rittenhouse, she said that we still have a lot of work to do in our justice system. That was her response. I mean, we you still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, okay. Well, I would then... like to see her do any work. Just have her do yeah. some any work. Just do. How about do the work that you were supposed to do? You haven't done any no, of but it. They, but the, the thing that pissed me off the most about that is her opinion. Is that he should have been prosecuted, and because she thinks that he should have been prosecuted, our justice system fucked up. Well, look at the uh, the with the Aubrey case in, in Georgia. Do you think the justice work system worked in that case? It worked perfectly. Yeah, those Absolutely. guys. Those fuckers yeah. deserve to go to prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as I say, as I said before, guys like that deserve to be hung upside down by their balls and fucked in the mouth the rest of their life. That's about it. <laughs> Those guys suck. Those guys are pieces of shit, and they went after. They, they had no business doing what they did. There's no reason for it. Yeah, they didn't. No. They did not have the right to take that guy's life. No. Mm-mm, no. So guess no. what? You're gonna have the, the right to even question the guy. That now, now uh, you're gonna spend the rest of your life in fucking prison. Yep. Yeah. That's incredible. Good. I mean, you know. 
Yeah. Everybody has the right to defend themselves, right? And in that case, that was not fucking defending shit. And I will, no. say, I will say this. Ever since summer 2020, the summer of fucking love, I remember you and I went to the gun range, uh, like literally in the middle of the chop Chaz thing, and we were yep. just going to shoot, and there was a line around the fucking building. Not for ammo yep. or anything, but to buy a fucking gun. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable well, it's like, times. It's like they've always said, liberal policies are the best ways to sell guns. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Legally. The gun, industry, the gun industry loves liberals because they, they, have, they have record sales every time liberals are in office. I definitely put some money into, or my investments into Smith and Weston after Smith and Weston, <laughs> Smith yeah. and Weston, uh, into their stock after the Rittenhouse uh, trial for sure. Because, like, guess what? The number one Christmas gift is going to be this year. Oh yeah, ammo. Oh yeah. Try a fucking AR. If you, you know? can find, if you can find any ammo. Uh, I'm talking about a, a, yeah. I'm talking about a rifle, pistol, anything to defend yourself. Like gun sales should go through the fucking roof this Christmas. You know, I mean, yeah, you gotta go through the background check and all that. And, but I'm telling you, I bet you a lot of people started the process after that. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. fucking, I can't wait to see Q4 Smith and uh, Wesson fucking sales. It's, they're gonna be through the fucking roof. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, even, like, the ammo, ammo prices have gone up, you know, everything, so it's like, you gotta figure out how to make your own bullets, you fucking, you know, stock up on what you can, they're not gonna come get it from you, and the day that they do, that's the day that you get to use them. Yeah. The government cannot ask you for your they'll, guns. They'll all be, they'll all be marching from house to house to take you those guns. No. And I saw I saw a fantastic uh, thing that said like China's got 2.5 million people in their army. Well, America's got uh, I don't know 79 million militia, (laughs) and those those being gun owners, you know, that are not military. Well, that's one of the reasons. I mean, the biggest deterrent. I mean, the biggest deterrent from anybody invading America is the fact that we have so many guns and citizenry is armed. I mean. That's that's the biggest deterrent. No no country in China would not want to waste that many troops even trying. No. Well, literally, they'd have to go from town to town, house to house. Well, and and look how we did. I mean, guerrilla warfare is impossible to fight against. I mean, look what look what we did. You know, in Iraq, we got killed. We got killed in Iraq and Afghanistan until we started just using the air. When we tried to send troops over there, we got killed because. Girl warfare, they could be hiding anywhere. And they know their terrain better than anybody else. And like in Afghanistan, exactly. it's fucking sharp, steep mountains. Billy goats, those and there's a reason are. why there's a reason why we can't infiltrate anywhere in South America either. It's the same damn thing. Like the jung like the jungle in Vietnam, right? I mean they fucking know yeah. that shit better than anybody else. I'll tell I'll tell you destroyed. what. I'll tell you what. These back at backwoods mountain people in Washington know the fucking mountains better than someone coming in to invade us. They, I bet you, well, and, some militias would fuck some shit up, like the North Northern Idaho militia. <laughs> well, and imagine just like the the passive doomsday prepper that you've heard about. I mean, there's like <laughs> there's millions Serious. of them. 
Serious. There's guys that take it seriously. I mean, well, oh, yeah, have a bunker in the woods. Yeah. What's up? I, have, I have friends of mine that recently have said, hey, I want to buy a place out in central Washington with 25 acres and build a compound. Yep. Not a bad idea. That's funny. I just had a conversation about that. I'll tell you what, man, it's a, a real threat. And if you know how to do stuff on your own, a lot of these fucking millennial stupid kids, you know, when they hit the magnetic bomb that turns off all the electronics, what are you going to do? Do you know how to make a gas motor work? Do you know how to fucking shoot a gun? Do you know how to farm? Do you know how to do anything? You know, those skills are gone, man. Like, and they're just not, kids don't, aren't applying themselves to math and science and engineering like they used to you know we're not building shit we're we're creating software it's just no material it's, you can't touch it it's or not- exchanging or exchanging services that's the that's the biggest thing yeah well yeah exactly let me, go, let me go pick up your let me go pick up your lunch for you <laughs> right well that's good i like the i like the gig economy and encourages people to be you know entrepreneurs but like you're right. A lot of technology is t- taking people's jobs, so you got to kind of reshape what you think your 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 bet your skills are and what you can apply them to, like and do them either remotely because we're gonna get fucking nailed with a you know this biological warfare called COVID. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. what are you gonna do from your own place? How are you gonna communicate with people and still live a normal life and defend yourself? And you know, I mean, I'm looking at the next forty to fifty years of my life. You know, I'm trying to. If shit goes down, I'm going to be an old man, you know, World War, yeah. th- World War three. I might be like 50, 60 years old. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, shit's going to hit the fan. You know, what do you think our biggest threat? Oh. What do you think our biggest threat is, you know, to keep China. society normal? Uh, China. <laughs> China's no China's our biggest threat. I mean, that's that's the reality. I mean, that's they, they want to take over the world. And, you know, they're, they've been hell-bent on being the economic superpower. And in reality, they're, they're, really, they're only a couple years away of overtaking our economy as far as being the biggest economy in the world. Right. They've just been fucking stealing careful, our shit the whole time. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, we set them up perfect by sending majority of companies over there to, to, for, for cheaper product and then ship oh. it over here. And now, now we have the shipping catastrophe and i think a lot of these things are going to start coming back over to america you can thank bill clinton for all that he's going to make the deal yeah but things are starting to come back though i mean yeah i mean businesses are starting to realize they got to bring manufacturing back samsung's building the 17 billion dollar uh uh facility in texas I mean, I mean, we need to we need to get our antibiotics back here because ninety ninety five ninety eight percent of them are all over in China. Like, yep. how do we 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 need our shit because we can't rely on other people anymore. If anything has told us about this pandemic, is that you cannot rely on people when times are tough, times are locked down, whatever. Well, every country well, fends for themselves in the real hard in the real hard times. Well, yeah, but I mean, the thing too is if you're getting all your product from overseas, like we are, now all of a sudden you're screwed. Your cars are down. You know, if you own used, if you're selling used cars, you're making a ton because I mean, everything's gone up. Everybody talks about all this, this, uh, the minimum wage being raised and people making more money. 
They don't even talk about how the Biden inflation is is took all that money that you made now away. It's gone. Well, yeah, it, free money creates inflation. And that's yeah. That's what happens. You, you nothing's free. Money. Nothing, nothing is free. Nothing is free. I mean, I also feel like, okay, Westy and I one time had the opportunity to meet Bill Gates, who I think has really sold us out to fucking China. He's a fucking slimy bastard. I think he's trying to, I mean, what, what's, what's his motivation these days? I mean, because he's so raw, raw motherfucking China. Like, hey, emerging economy, let's get him computers. Meanwhile, those guys are stealing his software, and he doesn't care because he's made so much money. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> yeah. I think he's moved on from that, and he's buying farm land and stuff I mean, all he, over the nation, he, all over the nation. He's yeah, buying yeah. wide swaths of land. Yeah, the, the the Gates Foundation is the biggest owner of uh, farmland in the country. Are they really? Yeah. I, do, I do know oh, about yeah. that. Yeah, I've heard about that. I didn't realize oh, yeah. it. I mean, he sounds like he's got some ulterior motive here. Well, think about this. Think about all the people that are all these. We buy houses, any condition, any this, any that, and then you figure out where they're actually connected to. Who's yeah, actually supplying that money? Most of it's coming from overseas. Yeah, I mean, real quick though, what what would his ulterior motive be? I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't think he has any. I mean, personally, I don't know of a malicious motive that that, that Bill Gates would have. I don't know. He was friends. He was pretty good friends with Jeffrey Epstein. It has to be power. Well, yeah. Who wasn't though? I mean, I mean, those guys all sure. have really deep tastes to fucking satisfy. I mean, when you're that rich and you're a multi-billionaire, I mean, the next, I guess, the only logical next step is children, right? I mean, I don't know. Jesus it's your well, that, I don't know. Well, the thing is, if you control the children, you control the future, and that's why all these public schools are trying to teach a lot of bullshit. You know, they well, always. Yeah, but, I mean, I've always heard that. But going back to what we were just talking about with Epstein, like pedophilia doesn't go to children control. That goes to some sort of sexual, weird sexual drive that these guys have that they want to they want to satisfy an urge that can't be satisfied. And oh well, I know I'm not allowed to do this, so I'm going to go do it. I mean, it's the same thing as a priest being like, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to be a child pedophile because hey a sin's a sin it doesn't you know i could any sins is, is equal to another sin i don't know man the sad thing the, the sad thing is the pedophile thing and all this the sexualization of kids and stuff has always came straight from hollywood look at i mean look, hey dude look at fucking Pornhub. Yeah. what is why why are we trying to fuck each other's little sister what is with that an incest porn why is that rampant on the internet, oh, it's everywhere. You just go. You go to. Yeah, I, let's say you're just a heterosexual male, and you go to, you know, Pornhub like any other kid probably would do these days. We didn't have that when I was a kid. We had look for your dad's Playboy, but like, fucking, um, you know, that's the first thing you know someone in sexual discovery is seeing these days. Like that's weird, you know. I mean, I well, get it's the, the that's internet. The most popular role play there is. is is fuck my little sister, my stepsister. That's disgusting. I mean, little sister, but yeah. That's... Are you a bad girl? I have mean, been a bad girl, daddy. Oh yes, thank me. I mean, it's a great place, but I mean, you know. Do you want to fuck your sister? I... Hell no. 
No, no, but you I, both I mean, have I sisters. I guarantee you're not sexually attracted to either one of them. <laughs> you know what the fuck is that I mean, about? Funny, the whole like, the whole like calling, like the whole women calling guys daddy thing. I mean, that's kind of a bit gross too. I mean, it, was, it was funny because like, it's funny because before I had a, a fiance, I actually kind of liked those porns, but like, I'm so disgusted by it at this point that it's just like, that's just so weird. It gets weirder the older you get, I think. I think I think when you look back on stuff like you you're doing right now, you're like, ah, oh, I didn't mean didn't didn't wasn't a big thing at the time, but now you're older, you're like, Oh fuck yeah. But it's like we didn't really pay much attention to politics when we were younger and now we're older, we're like, Oh fuck. Well, we yeah. gotta pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You well, that's one big thing is is that, you know, as a central message to to your podcast I think would be a good idea is just like People need to get more involved and and say that you know, it, rather than just bitching about it, you know, on a day to day basis to people, figure out a way to get involved and actually write your Congress people, write a letter. I mean, I I recently wrote a letter to mine about the the recent uh, that uh, what's your name, Del Benny, I think I think her name is, but either way, it was our Congressperson and she wrote me back. She said she didn't agree with me, but that's fine. I mean, it's it's one of those things that. You just we, we need to get more involved and make sure that everybody knows that there is there is a voice out there for people who are conservative that have these kinds of ideals. Yeah, seriously, I I just did a deep dive into our, our own local government because we're doing redistricting because of the census here in Washington. And yeah. my hometown, Tacoma, Washington, is divided over three different districts. Okay. And each in Tacoma is a very, very dense liberal uh, city, uh, but it's divided over three hampering three conservative con- counties, Pierce County, all of the for some reason, uh, the north end of Tacoma, Ruston Way represents the entire uh, peninsula. Go figure that one. Bremerton to Port Angeles to Forks to Aberdeen. Somehow Ruston Way and downtown Tacoma is part of that. And I know for a fact that area is conservative. Um, I don't know. It's just, it, there's some dirty politics out there. And we need to open our fucking eyes, do something about it. And, you know, for one, vote and pay attention to, you know, what these assholes are trying to propose. You know, pretty soon, you know, kids are going to be required from kindergarten to have a vaccine to even enter school. I'm not with that. We need to speak They're already speak having up. five-year-olds. They're already... There's places in the country where they did a pizza party and injected kids with the vaccine and told them not to tell their parents already. That was in, that was in California. Yeah. It's happening already. Yeah. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do what we want with your kids anyway because they are no longer your kids. They are ours. Well, I mean, what, is, what, what was the governor? Was it the governor of Virginia? I can't remember. Was it? I can't. It was either the governor of Virginia or somewhere over there in the East Coast that said that uh, parents shouldn't have a say in what their their children learn in public school. That's right. That was the guy that that that, that was that was McCullough. McCullough. Yeah, he, he lost, lost the young kids. Right? He yeah. lost the young kids. Yeah, yeah that's and he right. pulled, he he pulled out all the heavy hitters. He 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 had Biden there. He had everybody there. Obama was everybody, there too. Everybody was backing him. And 
yeah, your, your kids aren't going to tell us what books we're going to have in the school. Your your parents aren't going to tell us what, what books we're going to have in school, what we're going to teach the kids. I, that like, is, I like the whole bullshit about how they're trying to say that uh, critical race theory is manufactured by all these outraged parents coming in all over the country to bitch about it. And it's not even taught in school when there's actually, there's actually, the teachers already went through training. There's literally training. It's weird that you can sit there and argue that there's, uh, you know, there's a conspiracy when it's like, you know, this this decentralized system of people coming in bitching about all the same thing. You're, my kids you're learning, right about that. My my kids learning to be a to 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 be sad because he's white, or or to feel bad because they're white. It's insane. Yeah, totally insane. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not sending my kids to fucking public school at this point. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough to where I, I won't. I hopefully won't have to. But it's insane. Pro- we need to. We need to defend our public schools. That's for damn sure. Yes. Well, defending your public schools is defending your kids, and that's mm-hmm. the biggest role we have as adults to do is defend our our younger generation. Mm-hmm. You know, we want something better for them than what we had when we were kids. And, you know, there's a reason why people, there's a reason why people fled in this country illegally nonstop, because obviously there's something better about this country than any other country out there. You don't see people flooding into Russia. You don't see people flooding into China. They're running away from those places. I mean, when are the Democrats going to get their head out of the ass and say, hey, we actually got something pretty good here because of this thing called the, 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 the Bill of Rights? <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe we should just uh, build on that. And, and, hey, we are a capitalist society because we believe in capitalism, so let's encourage that and not give away free shit. Well, the problem is is that you have, you have huge factions on the Internet that say that uh, that capitalism is the devil it's evil yeah as they're as they're as they're they're tweeting that on their cell phone that they bought with money they earned you know i mean everything wait 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 a minute wait a minute how do you know they earned the money that they they bought that cell phone with how the fuck do you know that they probably they stole it they stole it they probably still live in their parents' basement, and you know, I mean, yeah, I, I just, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's like, okay, you don't believe in, you, you want to be green? Well, why do you have a phone? Why do you have a car? Why do you, why? Well, I got to get to work. I got to get to school. Well, Most of them are, are college kids, and it's like, well, I'm not going to watch the school, and they're like, so you don't you believe in climate change. You just opened up a whole new can of worms because if we want to talk about green, I mean, oh Jesus. This whole, this whole like we got time car thing that we're trying to go towards and get electric. I mean, does anybody understand that electric batteries? I mean, they take rare earth metals to get. You have to mine for them, and it's, the mining process for rare earth metals is is so incredibly invasive to the, the place that you do it at. I mean, we're, we're gonna, that's gonna be the next. Wait ten years from now, you're gonna hear that. Oh my God, mining for mining for rare earth metals is ruining the earth. We need to change it. And it'll be a new thing. We got to get rid of all the electric cars on the on the whole fucking grid. Yep. China just brokered a, a a deal. I think it was through the firm that Biden Hunter is related to for buying one of the biggest mining, the biggest mining facility for rare uh, minerals, specifically the minerals that are designed to power battery cars. 
Yeah. And they own most, they own the biggest mine, period. I mean, it's like. Well, they just gave, they just gave Elon Musk preferred, uh, you know, access to their economy. I mean, they're, they li- yeah. he literally has an inside edge. I read a whole long article in the Wall Street Journal about it. And they, they literally did this to Apple as well. They said, hey, come on into our economy so we can steal all your, all your, uh, all your technology. And they're doing yeah. the same thing with electric cars. They've had an influx of investment in electric car companies. Um, one company, a local electric car company in China, last year, I think it was a year and a half, no, in 2019, they sold um, 18,000 cars or something. It was something in the 18 to mm-hmm. around 18,000. They sold over 216,000 cars last year. Yep. Jesus. Yep. That's a pretty you big increase. You don't have that kind of an influx. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen artificially. That doesn't happen by itself. That's, that's artificial. Right. Totally. Well, also, when you tell people what they have to buy over there, that helps with what you can do. Well, <laughs> they don't have choice. You don't, you don't really have choice. You really don't have choice over there. America's Now, this might be a little conspiracy theory, but, I mean, think of this. Obviously, China doesn't want the United States to succeed. So think of, like, the the things that they send over to us in forms of electronics, like TVs and anything that you would get, right? Maybe, like, there's a fucking extra bunch of Blu-rays that are fucking up our eyes. And when we lose that shit, it makes us go fucking insane. You know, maybe they're the ones behind the sister fucking on the Internet. You know, they've always said that World War Three, not a single shot will be fired because they've already won the minds and hearts of the fucking citizens of the United States or wherever's being invaded. They just it's going to go through the media. And if you look at the examples of what's right and what's wrong right now, it's completely fucking opposite of what we knew just five years ago. I mean, yeah, I mean, I. I don't know that I would put all that on China, though. I mean, China's smart, but I don't know that they're capable of all that. Oh, dude, it's it's a big marketing. They scheme. are the most. They know they they, they, are they the break most patient it. society when it comes over to taking over the world. They, they have, have been patient and patient forever, and they've well, been building and building up. They'll and, be patient for another hundred and fifty generations if they have to to take over the world. I mean, they don't care. They're living for the long haul. They're conservative yeah. late adopters, and they'll let everybody else try it first, and then just take it from them. That is their strategy. Yeah. I mean, but I guarantee you, if they did, they wouldn't do it alone. If they did any sort of attack they, on us, it would be coordinated with is, Russia. But the fact is, too, it would be coordinated with Russia, probably. But going back to what you just said, Brett, the fact is, is yeah, they they have to follow though because they're communist. They they don't have any innovation over there. They can't they can't create their own shit. They don't have any. There's, there's no intellectual property over there other than other people. There's no competition. Everything is the government. Exactly. So what a weird, fucked up world we live in. You know what I mean? You've got us, then you've got them, and then you got, you know, everywhere in between, like weaker versions of us or them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a crazy world. And there's got to be a yin and a yang, like an alpha and a beta, a man and a woman, like opposites attract. I don't think like Michael Jordan would be as great as he was without Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. I'm saying people yeah. people need competition, and that's what America's about. Anyway, yeah. Well, the only way you get competition 
is when you have capitalism. It's like it, baseball is a perfect uh, sport for that. I like to use stats all the time. A guy that hits 330 compared to a guy that hits 289, you know, he might only have a couple of percentage points higher, but that guy's making $4 million extra a year than that other guy. You know, I mean, who's one of your real world example? Who's one of your use a real world example? Let's use uh, Kyle Seager. That yes. fucker got forty home runs and still couldn't get over three hundred. The guy sucked. <laughs> he was terrible. I'm so glad. I mean, I like him as a person, but like, geez, he was terrible for the. I didn't mean to totally change the subject. But... No, man. Listen, we. T- right. I... Listen, Westy and I went we to some fucking ba- we went to all those sold out baseball games. It was fucking insane. How great was that Saturday was night? The energy. So I've never been to a Mariners game with that much energy behind it. It was like being in a Seahawks game when we won the Super Bowl that year. Like it was uh, insane. It you guys were just going nuts. And all we did was win a, a regular season game against the Angels. <laughs> well, God, we were outside with the with the drumming band for about an hour. <laughs> that was so much fun. Well, hopefully, you know, we don't have to, you know, I can, I'm allowed in that country next seat baseball season because you got to have a vac. I mean, I think I told you I got kicked out of my gym. I mean, you got to need a vaccine card just to get into that country anymore. But anyway, yeah. I think that's a good point where we just kind of wrap it up. Is What's a good way of people getting a hold of you, Westy, if they want some woodwork, trim, anything? Put it out there. Cause... Well, they can go to our website, uh, skagitarts.com. Uh, we also have Instagram and, uh, and Facebook under Skagit Architectural Network. And uh, they, can, they can get in contact with us through our website. We have, uh, we have an online contact form. Feel free to submit an inquiry through there, and I'll be happy to help you out. Right on. And... Right on, Weston. Hey, it was awesome having you on, Weston. We definitely need you back on. There's a lot more stuff to talk about. Get more in depth. Hell, hell yeah. I think it'd be a lot more fun to take a deep dive on some of these subjects. Because yeah. I think I think with me and Brad, we've been using the podcast as kind of bouncing ideas off each other, but also trying to put our message out there about kind of what we all think about. Yeah. Right. You I know. So I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I think we need to get to a point where no one should be afraid of expressing their opinion, no matter what it is. I mean, I I grew up in Washington State, and I've been afraid of expressing my true opinion my whole life. So. Well, it's time to say fuck that shit. And with that, we'll end it right there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. If you want to contribute, uh, you can send us a text at 206-399-5063. We appreciate links to stories, shit for us to talk about, whatever. Tell us we suck. Whatever you want to say. Uh, you can leave a voicemail too if you just want to tell us. But uh, thanks, Weston. I've known him forever, over 20 years. Fucking love you, both of you guys. Actually, it's been it's a rare thing to have two people you know for over 20 years on the same podcast. <laughs> but uh, both my brothers, and uh, that's it. Peace out, love everybody. Bye. Hey. Bye.